we're live in five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year's, folks. It's 2019. Welcome in. My name is Gabriel Hernandez. For those who don't know, if you just decided to listen to the show on the brand new year to start your New Year's resolution, that's fine. My name is Gabriel Hernandez, and this is the G Meeker MMA show. Episode 169. It is Sunday, January 6th, 2019. Funny thing is, I would put January 6th, 2018, and I crossed out the 8 and made a little 9 out of it because I've just been so used to that. But welcome in, guys. Happy New Year's. It's been a good one. That was a long ass year last year, and now we are in the fresh breath of a brand new year, 2019. You hear that squeakiness in the, in the background? Ignore that shit. Um, like I said, we're in a brand new year. Got a great show lined up, a lot of breaking news, a lot of exciting things happening since we've last talked, since the last episode, which was new the, the last day before the new year. So it's been about, about over a week. So in, real, listen, in, re, in reality, we're, we're back one day before everyone else usually is, but it's better late than never or better earlier. Like you can get here a little early, you know. Don't have to worry about the show for the rest of the, of the week. I mean, if you if you're that type of way, or you want to get something out of the way. It's not like it's not like I'm not passionate. I just want to, you know, have the best show. Everything's fresh in my mind. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about. A huge list. Got a huge schedule in today. But before we begin, ladies and gentlemen, we are available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts. Google Play Music, as well as Podbean, Podbay.fm, and CastBox, also available at Anchor.fm slash G Meeker MMA Show, if you want to take that route. Let's begin. Got a great show lined up. Like I said, let's read down the whole schedule, because I have it written down. I have it in my schedule. I have it in my planner. Whatever you want to call it, I've gotten it written down, so... There is some breaking news as of, I think, yesterday, or was it this morning? I forgot that UFC 235 has a title fight, rumored title fight, as the UFC wants to schedule John Jones versus Anthony Smith for UFC 235. And I do believe that is in Las Vegas because a Nevada State Athletic Commission pending meeting is still pending because John has yet to get his fucking license in Nevada because of the whole... You know, the whole thing, when he just last fought, he was supposed to fight in Nevada. He wasn't able to get his license, so they moved the fight to California, the whole mess like that. So he has a meeting. If that all goes well, that seems to be the main event on tap for UFC 235. What happens with all the drug tests? So many questions about this whole drug testing thing still to be answered, and a lot of questions to go into that. Um, also, we'll go over UFC's on ESPN's schedule, crazy schedule, if you've seen it uh, put out by ESPN MMA. Um handle on twitter on instagram it's all the same at espn mma look at me giving him a shout out here on my platform um but yeah we'll look at that crazy schedule it looks like it's back to back to back like those crazy like last nine weeks of 2018 where there's just fight cards beyond fight cards beyond fight cards so we'll talk about that um some interesting news came out of uh, one anthony showtime pettis talking to a potential move to 170 pounds to take on uh, none other than a formal two-time two-time title challenger Stephen Wonderboy Thompson that's it that was a big leapfrog that was a big jump no one expected that that was kind of a shocker for me so seeing that 
and talk about that, talk about how I feel. I can look at the, I list the good things. I can list the, the disadvantages, advantages, disadvantages. That's what we do here. Um, we'll talk about that. Also, staying at, um, speaking of the same, John Jones, she fought on the same card as John Jones in the co-main event. Amanda Nunes says two years before she rematches Chris Cyborg. So that that's a horrible headline. That was a horrible way to write it. But we're talking about rematches. So I said last week that um, Chris Hyper does deserve a rematch against Amanda because you know look at the history history books. You know I don't know Ronda didn't get an immediate rematch, but you know Yuana got a re- immediate rematch. Um, who else got an immediate rematch? Josie Aldo. So like there's been a history of greats that have gotten immediate rematches. I just think that. Chris Cyborg deserves an immediate rematch, but two years before that, you know, a lot of a lot's gonna happen by that time. And I don't personally don't think that anybody will be talking about that two years from now. So I don't know. Um, also, breaking news. Also, on top of this, as I was writing my notes and actually getting ready to start the actual show, I get an alert from ESPN saying that Tyron Woodley will not be fighting Colby Covington. He will be fighting. Kamaru Usman next so I had I had a list we'll, we'll continue it I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do but we'll get to it but I had a list of people I'd potentially like to see Tyron fight you know who I, would I rather see between Kamaru and Colby I had a little debate planned but we'll still get to the debate in a little bit but you know it is official that Kamaru will fight Tyron Woodley via Ariel Helwani so since it's been a topic amongst a lot of other people in this in this sport in the MMA world, fights you'd like to see in 2019. So I have a list, top five. I'm not going to tell you it because it's right now because I want you guys to get excited. I wanna I want it to be a mystery. I want to break it down in the best way it can. So like I said, a lot of breaking news, a lot of exciting things. It's a brand new year, so better yet than uh not to kick off 2019 with a brand new episode. So let's not waste any time and get to UFC 235's potential main event. I highly doubt it's going to be a co-main event. So you're looking at UFC 235's main event between Anthony Smith and John Jones. And I said this last week, I praised Anthony Smith. I didn't do it. I didn't do it enough. I didn't promote it enough. But, you know, I stylistically, I think it's a fun fight because they're both huge guys. I mean, John has done good with huge guys like Alexander Gustafson and you know, Alexander being the tallest guy John's fought. So, I mean, I think stylistically it's a good fight because, you know, Smith deserves it. Smith's the guy. So if John's not going to be fighting DC, if DC's injured, if there's no other fights for John, if he's not going to heavyweight, there's no super fights right now for him to defend his light heavyweight title against none other than Anthony Smith. It's the only guy that makes sense right now. He just beat Gustafson like couple, like not even a couple weeks ago. He has two wins over Cormier, technically one win and one no contest. But in our eyes, it's a win. We all know what it means. You know, Daniel refers to it as two losses. John refers to it as two wins. You know, they're both cordial. They both know and agree on that. John beat him twice. John is a guy to beat Daniel Cormier twice. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing. So for me, there's no fights for John at heavyweight right now that make any sense. And he wants to be busy. He wants to have three fights, he said, in 2019. He wants to do his back-to-back. So three fights in 19 for John Jones and for us fight fans, analysts, podcasters, whoever we are. It's it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing because, you know, we were only getting one fight from John. John was getting in trouble. John was testing positive for stuff. 
And we still have this whole drug testing thing. That still looms. It's still looming around, honestly. It's still around. Have yet to know what the status is on it, you know, pursuing into the future. But, you know, I'm trying to keep my head straight when it comes to this and just focus on, you know, John defending his title. Anthony Smith is a tough customer. You know, he's a tough guy. He's been fighting for a very long time. I think he said since, since like, 2003 or something, 2006, one of those in the 2000s, it's early 2000s, but he has a lot of fights, um, more fights than John for sure. Um, he's very aggressive. He comes forward. He has great ground skills too, but it's honestly, quite honest, it's real hard to compare anybody to John Jones because John Jones is just that good. And, and, and unfortunately, we haven't been able to see John fight too frequently because of his drug testing issues and the suspensions and all that and him being out for so long. So he hasn't really been in the conversation when it comes to fights and fights being announced because, you know, he's been out. Daniel Cormier was a champion. He was defeating everybody. He was beating all the guys. John Jones was just a guy hovering over the light heavyweight division. And we were just getting some, you know, Shogun was in the top 10. Noguera, I think was too. And, um, you know, it, the light heavyweight division was for the long t- longest time, for for a little bit during during John's constant absence, was really just kind of dull. I mean, there's Jimmy Manua, there was a weathered Glover Teixeira. I mean, Corey Anderson. Now I'm talking about the the light heavyweight division. Now it's it's stacked. I mean, Anthony Smith next, maybe Dominic Reyes is maybe after that. I don't know what else they're gonna do. There is some fights that are been announced for 205 pounds. You got Tiago Santos in the mix now. I mean, uh, Luke Rockhold just mentioned that he's going to move up to 205 pounds and he's coming for Princess John Jones, I guess. He said Princess, I think. Yeah, Luke Rock. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of, um, backlash on that though from Luke, from the fans to Luke because, you know, he is coming off of a, what is it? Two, two losses in a row, if I'm not mistaken. His first loss was a, it's, it's crazy to say that he's been out for that long. Since the Bisping fight, was it? No, no, no. Never mind. Never mind. I'm I'm tripping. No, no. He fought Bisping. He lost his title. He fought David Branch. And then, no, he's not coming off two KO losses. He fought David Branch, beat David Branch, was getting pieced up by David Branch at one point. Then after David Branch, he went and fought Yoel Romero for, and then Yoel Romero missed weight and he eliminated an opportunity of having a gold belt around his waist. Romero knocks Luke out cold and Luke's been out ever since. He was supposed to fight Weidman, um, but and where the the card on the card where Weidman fought Jacare, he was supposed to fight Luke, if you remember, and that didn't end up happening. So it was pretty crazy. But um, yeah, Luke announced that, so that's exciting. Um, but back to John Jones. Yeah, John Jones versus Smith is only fight I think is logical right now, and we'll have a fight later on that I'm going to talk about. Because it is in the top five fights I'd like to see. I'm not going to give any hints. But I'm not going to talk about this one particular topic relating to what we're talking about right now. Because I'm going to talk about it a little bit later. So, yeah. So, for, for John, that's a, that's an interesting fight. I mean, I don't think Anthony Smith's going to beat John Jones. At the end of the day, I'm going to have to go with John. But I do get scared because, you know, people's times do come. But, you know, John is such so fucking good. It's hard to put anybody against him. If anybody beats John, it, it, it would be have to be at heavyweight. It would have to be something, someone 
very special. I mean, there is someone for everyone. I've said this a bunch of times. In the mixed martial arts world, there is somebody to beat someone. There's someone that's going to be better than you. There's somebody that's coming after you. Henry beat DJ. Connor beat Josie Aldo. TJ beat Hendon Barrow. Um, Chris Wyden beat Anderson Silva. Um, Fabrice Overdoom beat Kane. Oh, I don't know how much of a comparison that one was. He also beat Fedor Emelianenko, too. And we'll talk about Fabrizio Verdun later on, his status with the UFC. He's being re- requested to be released because he is facing a two-year suspension from USADA. Verdun wishes to um, pursue his life outside the UFC. So we'll talk about that, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's someone for everybody. Could Anthony Smith be the one for John Jones? As crazy as that would be. Um. As crazy as a fucking princess story, like no, like not a princess story, but like a, a perfect fairy tale almost. It it almost comes to me like a fairy tale. If Anthony Smith's able to beat John Jones, the whole MMA world would blow the fuck up, dude. World War Five would happen before three even was considered. That's how crazy it would be. Could that be? Man, we've seen so much crazy shit at this point. You can never say never, because John will lose unless he decides to retire undefeated like Floyd. Floyd's one of the best of all time. I love Floyd. Floyd's awesome, dude. For sure. But um, John, John's, John, John's technically undefeated, dude. He's undefeated. So take the first Gustafson fight out your mouth and say, because John did win that fight. I did believe John won that. So John won that fight. Um, so John's undefeated, man. He's undefeated. You see how close John and DC's records are? I think it's like 23 and 1 and 1 and 24 and 1 or something shit. Something, something fucking crazy like that. But, dude, both of them are so damn good. So if we could see them fight another time, that would be pretty sweet. But it, I know it doesn't make sense. But legacy-wise, and I don't know, just just seems like such a fun matchup to see again. It's like we can't close the book on that because that's such an important fight to 205 pounds. It's such an important fight to DC. I mean, imagine it. Tito got a win over Chuck after being beaten two times. I mean, I could compare that to freak show fight. That was a freak show fight completely. I don't mean to compare it, but it could happen. You never know what could happen in the sport. This, this sport is unpredictable. So we don't know what's going to happen. And whatever happens, by all means, I will be behind it 100%. And I'm going to watch it because, you know, anybody that complains about any fights that are happening or rumored to happen or talked about, oh, you know, you guys are going to end up watching at the end of the day. So shut the fuck up basically but um yeah so final parting thoughts on smith versus jones i think stylistically is an interesting fight different fight new blood for john jones you know he's not fighting in rematches on people he's already beaten you know he came back and he might he fought over in st Prue. he's fought in cormier twice in his career so far but he came back fought Ovens over in st Prue. you never know what kind of performance you're going to get from him so it's going to be interesting no offense i'm not throwing any low blows or anything like that but so far, what we've seen from Smith, and what is what I'm trying to say, is Smith is very aggressive. He comes forward. He he has a lot of heart. He's aggressive. He has knockout power. He has nasty knees, nasty elbows. He's nasty in the clinch. He has great submission game. Um, how good is his takedowns? I mean, his takedown defense seemed to be pretty good in the Vulcan fight. Um, but, you know, stylistically, I mean, let's see how he does against a high-level wrestler like John. I mean, John's unorthodox style, his, his IQ is as high as hell. He's doing a lot of a uh, lot of tape. He's watching a lot of tape. He did post that on Instagram. That's kind of what gave fans the hint that this fight was in the works. And it has been confirmed or you know talked about by multiple media sources. So it isn't bullshit. 
And I think that's, like I said, it's the only fight that's next, and I can't wait for it. So, John Jones versus Anthony Smith, hopefully targeted for UFC 235. Moving on to UFC on ESPN. You know, it's a new era. We are in the ESPN era, the worldwide leader. This is the best, it's the best place to go for sports. It's the number one place. It's the first sport. It's the biggest sports network in the world, honestly. I don't know if it's in America or, or not just America, but just in the world in general, dude. It's like, it, look at it. Just look at it. It's, it's a crazy thing. I'm going to pull it up. Let me see. It's crazy. It's like back to back to back to back to back. And it's like, damn, I'm just going to utilize my entire year. I'm not going to look at it right now. It's not loading. I don't want to click out of what I'm looking at right now to go and look at that. Let me let me see if I can find it. Um, download. I download it. No. I think it's, it was on Twitter. I had it on Twitter. Schedule. No. I don't have the schedule. It's fucking crazy. It's on my Instagram, but I don't like to use my phone while I'm on there. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. We have a lot of There's a lot. There's a lot of MMA this year. There's a lot of shit this year. I can't wait. I mean, it's exciting. Um, a lot of it, you know, a lot of the benefits, a lot of the things, and a lot of the fight cards, you know, there's a majority of stuff on ESPN Plus, on ESPN 2. So, you know, it's the same as the Fox thing. People didn't have FS1. People had to change their, their providers or add the channel or anything else like that. And it was a whole mess. But, you know, when it's time to get it, you know, a lot of people have ESPN on average. So a lot of people have it. They may need to get ESPN 2 or pay, um, for ESPN Plus, which is by far the worst, not the worst, excuse me, it's not, it's the best, I don't know why I said the worst, it's the best thing to get, like, the worst case scenario, You, it's it's the best case scenario, the worst case scenario is the best case scenario, because of the fact that ESPN is a worldwide leader, and you're just adding on some things, I mean, you get to stream it from your phone, you have a lot of UFC content, you know, the UFC is home to ESPN now, our home, ESPN is home to UFC, excuse me, <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that, it's fucking hilarious, but... Yeah, it's the home. It's the worldwide leader. And now we get to have some more amazing fights on a bigger platform. If you wonder what I'm... Oh, no, it's too late. I was going to try to activate my vape. I was going to vape real quick before we continue on. But yeah, 2019 is going to be a huge year. The first fight card on um, ESPN is going to be stacked. It's Cejudo versus Dillashaw. And both those guys have been going on back and forth. So, you know, that, that's going to be interesting. There's a huge fight card. Rochelle Ostovich versus Paige Van Zandt, too. So that's that's going to be a good one. Um, all right, moving on to the next best thing on the list. All right, so Anthony Showtime Pettis announces, or not announces, like he didn't officially announce a move to 170 pounds, he just said he wants to test the waters, you know, test waters 170 pounds against a guy like Stephen Thompson, I mean, stylistically, if you think about it, size, without thinking about it size-wise, stylistically, it's a very interesting fight, because both these guys are very creative on the feet, both have a fan-friendly style, you know, karate style, Pettis' Muay Thai, Pettis' Taekwondo style, you know, it's stylistically a striker's paradise. You know, Steven is a very dangerous striker, and he's one of the best in the world. 
Anthony Showtime Pettis is one of the best strikers. He's one of the best in the world. Former UFC lightweight champion. Former WEC lightweight champion. You know, he's had some wins over the best people in the world. His knockout over Donald Cerrone. His knockout over Joe Lozon. His submission over Benson Henderson. Stopped Gilbert Melendez first time in his career by submission. Um, you know, he's had some ups and some downs. You know, the fight, a good fight with Poirier. Unfortunately, he was on the losing end. But, you know, Pettis has been up and down and stuff. But, you know, the benefits for this, I think, maybe if he really is this too, you know, drawn out to make 155 at this point. I mean, he would be one of the smaller 170-pounders. I don't know necessarily if he would carry a lot of muscle mass. Like, you know, he would have like a six-pack or something at 170 pounds who knows maybe he bulks up and that's the best move for him you know he has stylistically one of the uh, more interesting styles and flashy styles and i think maybe as you get older you know as young as pettis still is i do feel that his body has had massive wear and tear throughout his entire his entire career so he's a young guy with an old career so his career is kind of, he's been fighting for forever He's been in a lot of the best fights, the biggest fights, some of the most bloodiest, brutal fights in the world. And, you know, it, it, it's weathered on him. His aged, his body's aged. And I think the best move for him would be 170. I just don't know the size wise and how he would benefit from it. So I would have to see that. I don't know how his cuts are going to 155. I mean, he did do good at 155 pounds and he does fit very well in that stacked 155 pound division. It's just a matter of what what's going to happen. Stephen Thompson actually has accepted that challenge too, not saying anything about it or really, you know, commenting on the fact that a former fifty five er is trying to go up to a seventy. Yeah, that's that's a huge jump, fifty five, maybe to sixty five. That was a thing, and you know, instead of that, it's one fifty five to one seventy. That's like a fifty five six. It's like almost 15. That's almost 20 pounds, dude. That's crazy. So for that to happen, I would be more concerned on Pettis. On, on maybe, I don't know how it would potentially affect his performance. That's the thing. You don't know how it's going to perfect his performance. Maybe you'd be the best thing in the world. Maybe you'd be the worst thing in the world. He shouldn't have went to 145. I mean, he had a good win. I mean, the win over Charles Oliveira was good. If you look at it, Charles Oliveira submitted everybody. And Anthony Pettis submitted Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira seems to thrive in rematches and choke people out or tap people out that formally tapped him out. Look stay on the stay on the uh lookout for Charles Oliveira in 2019 for sure. But yeah, I mean fan friendly fan friendly fight between Steven Thompson and Showtime Pettis. So make it happen, UFC. See what explore it. All right, going to UFC 232's Amanda Nunes. The whole two years thing. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about that. I'm just gonna talk about the rematch real quick. So I think stylistically, they're both very aggressive. Her and Chris Cyborg are very aggressive strikers. Very aggressive styles. You know, Amanda Nunes isn't necessarily as aggressive as she as Chris Cyborg has been throughout her career. Amanda has, and Amanda is very aggressive. But you know, as the years, what I mean by that, since she's been an American Top Team, she's been more patient. You know, she picks her shots. She lands those long punches, those snapping punches, those power punches, and you know, she she's ferocious. But you know, to engage in a firefight with someone as crazy as Chris Cyborg and that kind of fight was a crazy thing. So, you know, as quickly as it ended in under like a minute or so, it's just 
It's it's insane. It's crazy not to have a rematch. I mean, I mean, but we've seen crazier things. Thirteen seconds with Josie Aldo. I mean, you look at the career that Jose had before he fought Connor. It was this unbelievable career, and Connor comes in, and Jose's career is flushed down the toilet with thirteen seconds. His streak is shut down in thirteen seconds, and under an, and under a minute. So imagine preparing for the biggest fight of your life and you have it ended in under a minute and you're on the losing end. Imagine it. It's a devastating feeling. Same can be said about the Chris Cyborg versus Amanda Nunes because I never seen Chris Cyborg lose. Except for that Muay Thai fight against that bitch. I don't remember her name. I don't remember her fucking name. I don't care. But she's the only girl to beat her in Muay Thai, I think, or something like that. You know, Chris Cyborg, other than that, had never been stopped. She'd never been knocked out. That was the first time she ever been knocked out, so pretty crazy so it's pretty stunning to think that she wants uh, amanda wants to go two years without having a rematch i think chris definitely does deserve it you know her 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 style her marketability her legacy what she's done throughout her career no matter what fight she's been in she's done it all so i think definitely that is the fight to make i mean other than that maybe because it's, it's a mess, man. This whole two-division thing is a huge mess. I mean, 135, 145, which belts you can defend? When has there really ever been a champion that's going to be defending both belts? The only person I think of that defended both belts are, um, like, you know, the David Branch comes to mind. Uh, heavyweight, light heavyweight, DC. DC did. I mean, unfortunately, he didn't defend his light heavyweight belt for the last time. But, um, you know, it was... It was like, uh, it was, uh, like he defended both belts, but this whole thing's a mess because, you know, there really isn't a 145 pound division, a solid one. You know, there is a couple of competitors at 145 pounds that would be a good, good fights for her, like, uh, Megan Anderson or, uh, maybe a Katzengano too, but Katzengano just lost, so. Oh, but there's some stylistic, some good fights. You know, Holly Holmes fighting Aspen Lad, but I think it's at 135. But, you know, you got a couple of those people that can jump from 35 to 45. So it's not really a big jump or a big drop. It's, 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 it's right there. So it's, you know, there's a couple of fights for her. Um, the UFC has been doing a lot of rematches. They did it with Thompson and, uh, Woodley, um, Joanna Rose. And, you know, they're, we're in the era of super fights and we're in the era of, you know, having rematches. So, um, yeah, definitely think that should be the next fight to make. And speaking of fights to make, continuing on, we were going to talk about fights to make at 170 pounds. You know, was it going to be Kamaru Usman? Was it going to be Colby Covington for the long reigning defending champion, Tyron Woodley? We talked about it for the longest time. It's kind of been back and forth and back and forth because both guys do deserve it. Kamaru Usman's proven it. He's putting in the work. He's beating all these top level guys. He's dominating them. He's shutting them down. He's he's doing everything he needs to do. I mean, that knockout of Sergio Marias, his domination over Rafael Dos Anjos. His beatdown of Damian Maya. Kamaro's a devastating challenger. And you go on to the blue corner of Colby Covington. We are in the era of a WME IMG. So mark a bit markability. If you look at the both competitors, both opponents, what's the UFC gonna benefit for when it comes to both fights? What's gonna sell the most? That's what they're looking at. What's gonna sell the most? I'm not. I'm, I mean, it, you, we're forced to think like that because that's really what they're. That's what really what they're looking for. 
And that's the way, you know, decide put all the other bullshit to the side. No one deserves shit in their eyes. They're going with what makes the most sense and who they favor the most and who's going to bring them the most money. Because at the end of the day, you see the WME IMG bought the UFC for like $4.2 billion. So they're trying to make that shit back. And the only way they're going to do that is if they make the most money and put forth the best fights you can put. So ultimately, UFC chose to go with Usman versus Tyron Woodley for undisclosed reasons. A lot of us do not know why. At the end of the day, it's who accepts and who doesn't accept. So doesn't comply no one complies you know if side a complies side b doesn't comply then you can't make the fight you can only make the fight with two people that are willing to comply one guy cannot comply and boom like i said kamaro's fighting tyron woodley so colby covington didn't comply and must not want the fight didn't want the fight apparently probably didn't want the fight that's why kamaro's fighting tyron woodley tyron woodley's willing to fight any of those two it's just who on those two want to accept the fight. It's been a long back and forth and back and forth of contract. Who's who's accepting? Who's turning down? Who's really turning down? What's really going on? It's a, it's a fucking mess. But at the end of the day, we're going to shut all this up. So it's Kamaru Usman versus Tyre Woodley. Um, what is it for? What, what was it? UFC 235. So UFC 235. Is that the co-main? Because if, if Jones versus Smith is added to that, Jones versus Smith's the main event. Kamaru Usman versus uh, Tyron Woodley should be like the co-main or something. So, I mean, I don't, who knows? It could be three title fights on that shit. That thing's going to be stacked. So, we're, we're going to look at two, UFC 235 later. But, yeah, it's really interesting to see what happens. You know, stylistically, it's a very fun fight. But for me, I feel like Tyron Woodley's a lot faster of, an, of, of a fighter when it comes to striking, engaging distance. And he's not a guy you can take down. So Kamaru Usman's known as bread and butter, is known as grappling. His grappling, his wrestling, you know, his conditioning. Tyron Woodley has conditioning. Kamaru has conditioning. Um, he's a very respectful guy. He's a guy that's really, really deserving. So, I mean, I mean he's a great guy. Fun guy. Fun guy to watch. Definitely, if you look at look at it on the side of who deserves and stuff, you know, he definitely does deserve. So it's nice to see him get that crack. For me, I just think the hand speed of Woodley is just on a different level. He's going to hurt Kamaru on the feet. Not saying Kamaru can't hurt Woodley, but Woodley is something to be held. And who knows, Kamaru could be that guy. You know, he, he may not knock Tyron out, but he could be the guy that, does what Colby said he was going to do. He's going to smother him, put a shim in the deep waters, hurt him, um, you know, take him down. I highly doubt that's going to happen. I'll put money on it. I don't think that would happen, but I'm going to bite my words later. But um, when it comes to styles-wise, I think Tyron possesses faster hand speed, um, great takedown defense, great takedowns of his own, and he blitzes you. So you never know what you're going to get from Tyron. You never know what he's going to do before he does it. You can predict the way he fights and stuff and what he does, but he's unpredictable. He surprised us all. I didn't think he was going to beat Darren Till by submission. I never thought that. I thought maybe he would just bulldoze him or you know, stop him, knock him out, or just beat him down like he did Stephen Thompson and have the fight go to a dominant unanimous decision. And having Till, having the most heart, maybe having heart throughout the whole fight, but Woodley just unloading on him the whole time. That's the way I thought. I thought it was going to be a decimation by Woodley or it was going to be Till utilizing a stand-up and outpointing Woodley. 
maybe a better version Stephen Thompson did. Not not saying Stephen outpointed Woodley, but I thought maybe Till would replicate what Wonderboy did to Woodley and do it better and actually have it more effective. That's what I mean by that. So that's stylistically it's a good fight, interesting fight. Um, no word on if it's a co-main or main. I highly doubt Jones is going to be the co-main because John isn't a co-main event fighter. He is a main event fighter. So we still got to wait and see for John's athletic Nevada State Athletic Commission meeting. Because we don't even know if he's licensed, so that that fight is in is in jeopardy until that's officially announced. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we move on, let me let you know that if you are just joining us, we are available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodBay.fm, Podbean.fm, Castbox.fm, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. So pull out your iPhones and subscribe to the G Meeker MMA show today. Follow me on Instagram at G Meeker underscore MMA. Click the links or click the highlights and you can find it. Easy. It's there. It's accessible. It's not the hardest thing in the world. So. All right, let's move along to the best part of the show, the most interesting part of the show. My favorite part of the show, the part I was thinking about the most, the part that I lately added to this podcast when I was writing the notes. And I was excited because everyone else was doing it, but I didn't do it. And I, didn't, I, I, I seemed like I wasn't the one that was going to do it, but I did. But I am going to talk about the fights, top five fights I'd personally like to see in 2019, starting with five, four, three, two, and number one at the top of the list. And then we'll have an honorable mention before we begin the top five countdown, starting at honorable mention. Fight I've been wanting to see for a very long time since the first two. Haha, <laughs> I give you a hint there. Since the first two fights, I mean, the, the result of the first fight, you know, the unexpected return of the first fight, the, the unexpected result of the first fight, um, the controversy somewhat in the second fight. So I think it's best that they hash it out for a third time. And those two are Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor. Number three, I would like to see this fight happen at 155 pounds. I think that both those guys do deserve that fight. I think the fans deserve that fight. I think it's an excellent fight because it's, it was stylistically a fun fight. The first time, you know, Conor had his moments in the first fight. Nate, obviously ultimately, you know, landed that big shot and you had Conor and, on on the heels and you know connor dove in for the takedown nate used it a lot utilized his great ground and pound as well as submission skills and was able to latch into some uh rear naked choke stopping connor for the first time in the ufc in the second fight nate put it on connor you know he weathered him down you know he beat him down for a lot of the rounds connor came back he landed a lot of leg kicks he dropped him a few times and you know he did a lot more damage physically to nate's face but nate's face you know he's He's scar, he's, he has a lot of scar tissue, both Nate and Nick. They both have scar tissue. So, you know, it, you know, you judge it. You watch a fight and you tell me what you think. But, you know, that was a controversial one if you think about it from all points of view. A lot of people agreeing, a lot of people disagreeing. So it wasn't like a one-sided win. It wasn't, and yeah, it wasn't one-sided win for Nate. It wasn't a one-sided win for Connor. It was, it was both men having good moments in their fight and there wasn't a clear-cut winner. 
in a lot of people's eyes. I did think Connor did just enough. No, actually, no. No, 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 no. Let me go right back. I did think Nate won that second fight. Connor did have some shining moments, and those ultimately could have been the potential result for the reasoning behind Connor's victory over him. Majority decision victory over Nate back at EOC 202, and Nate hasn't fought th since. So that is my honorable mention fight. I don't Really weird for it to be on the honorable mention side, but these top five fights are just fights that absolutely have to happen in 2019. So number five has to be the UFC heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier versus <gasps> Brock fucking Lesnar. Because the promo that they set back when, 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 uh, was it when DC won the heavyweight title or was it when he, uh, when he, after he beat Vulcan? Was it after me? I forgot when that promo happened, but then it was that whole thing. He gets on the mic. He's like, there's one man, Brock Lesnar, get your ass in here. Brock comes in, he pushes him, and then just the whole thing happens, and Brock gets the mic, and then he's like, DC, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. And then it just happened. I mean, you can't promo, promote that fight and not have it. Stylistically, it's so interesting. Cormier versus anybody's interesting because Cormier just has that style that, you know, he, he's good everywhere. He's a great kickboxer, great on the floor, great takedowns. Brock's a much bigger guy. And if anything, I feel Brock's potentially could be the biggest guy that Cormier has fought in his career. Josh Barnett was big. Bigfoot Silva was, that's funny. Bigfoot Silva was big. Um, he's fought Alexander Gustafson. He's fought big guys like John Jones. He's fought Steve Miocic. He's fought in, um, was it didn't didn't Cormier fight Pedro Hizo? No. Cormier he's, he's fought a lot of big guys, and Cormier has always gone into those fights being the smaller guy. So it's me interesting to see him. You know, if Brock has a cardio to keep up with a guy like DC or for Brock, I, I just don't see anything that Brock can do to DC. Maybe if anything, out wrestle him, but Brock's not gonna out condition DC. Um. DC has a better hands, you know, Brock rushes in, Brock is very aggressive sometimes, and, you know, DC has the ability to move out of the way, he's quick on his feet, he's fast, and, you know, he has great combinations, and he, you know, he's overall better, a better fighter at heavyweight, he's a good fighter at light heavyweight, he just seems like everything's put together perfectly at heavyweight, still undefeated, you know, he doesn't have to cut any weight, doesn't have to drain himself, he doesn't have to deplete himself, he gets all his energy, he's able to utilize it at the best of his abilities, and if Brock has been training right, and Brock comes in like the vintage Brock Lesnar, it could be an interesting fight, because it's, it's, it's just a fight you have to see, it's a huge fight, I mean, we're in the ESPN era, so why not bring on those crazy freak show fights, it's not a freak show fight, but it's a fight that we want to see, people are going to say freak show fights, because the fact that Brock tested positive, and was allowed to still compete, even though the UFC was fully aware of his failed drug test, was still able to complete compete on UFC 200, the 200 card. So that is number five. Number four, because these two have been going back and forth for years now, and you know we've been talking about this fight potentially happening. Is it happening? Is it not? Is it happening? Is it not? These two going back and forth, bashing each other in, and media interviews, bashing each other on Twitter, Instagram, etc. It doesn't matter. In videos, in GIFs, it doesn't matter. But welterweight contender Colby Covington taking on the welterweight king, kingpin Tyron Woodley. These guys have been going on for so long since Colby said they broke him in the gym. I broke Tyron Woodley down. I beat him. I made him quit. They had to change sparring partners or whatever the fuck he said. 
Tyron Woodley claims it's bullshit. You know, that was the beginning of it. But now I just, I just don't think, I just, there's nothing that Colby does except one thing that I think could be potential danger to Tyron, which is the pace, wearing him down, beating him down, making him exhausted, him making him unable to throw those big, big right or left hands or anything that Tyron uses, shutting his blitz down, making him unable to, you know, do what he does best against Colby. He can shut him down, constantly make him go for takedowns, grappling, worry about that. But it, it it's a big fight because of the fact that both of them have been talking shit for so long. Colby's been talking shit. He's brought it out of Tyron. He's brought the worst out of Tyron in a way. So in a way, he's probably motivated Tyron more than anything. And Colby still has that moniker of having the, you know, the interim UFC welterweight belt and, you know, his whole Donald Trump slogan or whatever the hell it, he, he calls it. But, you know, his whole portrayal portrayal of the president and i'm not gonna get into politics or anything like that but it's it, it, it's a different this is a different look but stylistically wise and what he said to tyron what they've been saying back and forth and the trash talk and the hype that it's created and a lot of it's gotten a lot of fans excited for people colby is a very marketable guy it's a huge fight on pay-per-view a lot of people are going to want to tune in a lot of people on the outside we may even get celebrities from the outside tuning in people that don't really watch MMA tuning in because of the magnitude of the fight and because it's on ESPN and a lot of people are going to have that now. So it makes it really interesting. Ooh, let us speed up here. We got maybe like, we got like 15 more minutes here with us on this episode of the Gene Meek MMA show. Episode 169 going to number three. This is also a fight that has been scheduled to happen, but both parties have fallen out due to injuries. And this fight hasn't been able to, unfortunately, happen. But this is a fight I do believe will happen in 2019. This is a fight for legacy. This is a fight for the masses. This is a fight for the featherweight title. But this is a fight between Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar. This is a fight that I really want to see because Frankie is the last big name, like the whole, the massive name that Max hasn't beat. I mean, Max has beaten everybody. He's beaten Jose Aldo twice, beat Cub Swanson. He beat Dan Anthony Pettis. Um, he beat Brian Ortega just recently in an impressive fashion. Um, he stopped um, Akira Khorasani, if I'm not mistaken. Um like I said, beat Anthony Pettis. You know, that fight with Ricardo Lamas was great. Pe- Max Holloway is fucking amazing. Tony Ferguson versus Max would be a fun one. I didn't mention that, but that would be a fight I wanted to see. But yeah, Frankie's deserving. You know, obviously Frankie was stopped by Ortega. That's cra- it's as crazy as this world seems. You just got to think about that for a moment. Before we continue on, we got we got a little bit of time left on the show to kind of digress for a second. But look, MMA math is just a crazy thing to think about in general. But look at this. Ortega beats Edgar. He knocks him out cold. He stops him. First stoppage loss of Frankie Edgar's career, no matter throughout his career, how many times he's been rocked or he's been in trouble, he's been on the back on his back legs, his wobbly legs. No one's been able to stop him. Ortega was the man able to stop him. He earned his title fight with with Max, and Max pieced him up like a Christmas tree. You know, Ortega did have some shining moments, but ultimately Max was piecing him up like a Christmas tree. So, how damn good is Max? Frankie just has that crazy pace, the same pace that everyone talks about when it comes to Max. 
Max has that crazy pace where he's in your face. Frankie has that face where he's in your face. Tongue twister. Frankie has that pace where he's in your face. He's shooting for takedowns. He, he doesn't slow down. You know, he gets hurt. He keeps coming back. He's just always in your face. And Max is obviously a bigger guy. He's always in your face. And, you know, he, he was popping just the way his combinations. You go back and you watch that fight. The combinations he threw against Ortega, the way he landed, the significant strikes he landed. Go back and look at the numbers for yourself. It was fucking insane. So that's a fight we definitely got to see being at number three of the list. So Max Holloway versus Frankie at 145 should be the next fight to make. This one's interesting at number two. This fight has happened twice. Controversy in both fights, I guess, if you want to think about it. I think a third fight is definitely, 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 definitely needed to kind of put some closure on a lot of people's minds and a lot of closure in just the world in general. And we talked about these two guys a lot earlier today, but uh, earlier today in the show. And we kind of hinted at it earlier, but we didn't really want to mention it until later on. But this consists of the UFC light heavyweight champion and now the former UFC light heavyweight champion, Daniel Cormier. Number three, John Jones versus Cormier. Number three, we, we have to see it because at the end of the day, I can't sleep without this fight because these guys, you know, who gives a fuck about the drug test in the first fight? Okay, first fight was a while ago. That was before USADA. Second fight, who cares? You stylistically drug test. Who gives a shit? If, if it, 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 does it give him an advantage? If it gives him an advantage, but stylistically, you look at what John did. It wasn't a steroids that did that. It's what John analyzed that DC did, and John capitalized on a weakness that DC left, and John ultimately uses IQ to win the fight. So I, that's what makes it hard for me to believe that John's on steroids, that he's doing this stuff. John's a crazy wild man. That's the only reason behind it. That's the thing. I just can't sit here and believe that. You know, John's stupid. He's a wild man. Crashing his car, running back, getting some cash. Being famous, being real young, youngest champion in UFC history, light heavyweight. John's a fucking wild man. So it was crazy and insane to think that John did all that stuff and to have all these advantages. He was just that one guy. You don't learn how to throw spinning back elbows with, with steroids. You don't know how to land left high kicks to people's heads, knocking them out cold. You can't beat the fuck out of Stefan Bonner or beat the hell out of Andre Guzmao, beat, beat the shit out of Matt Hamill. Technically outpoint Rashad on the feet, beat Rampage down, and destroy Gustafson like the way he did. I don't know what the fuck steroids does. If someone wants to tell me any advantages that can give John besides strength-wise, I don't know. John's just a big guy. And, you know, he did look noticeably smaller, but my leg's getting tired from sitting, too. We're at 46 minutes. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's a good fight. John versus DC. And another one. I just couldn't leave this out. I didn't add this in. But if not DC3, another one I really got to see would be Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson versus John Jones. Because if you look at it, Anthony Johnson's been the boogeyman at light heavyweight and heavyweight. More notably at light heavyweight and heavyweight. But not welterweight or middleweight. You know, he's, he's been aggressive his entire career. You know, he hits fucking hard like, like a fucking truck. Like, like fucking Mike Tyson, a Mike Tyson prime, a prime Mike Tyson. Rumble has the most devastating hand speed in the world and one of the scariest people to get in there with. And that's one of the guys that John hasn't walked through. He hasn't made look amateurish. He rumbles thick and strong and 
He's a big, strong guy, and John's big, strong guy, and John hasn't fought that guy. John's doesn't have anywhere near the same power Rumble has, and John has never been hit by a guy that can hit like Rumble, and Rumble can stop takedowns, and obviously his two losses against Cormier, but you know, from the way that John takes down, he could be one to dominate Johnson on the ground, but stylistically, that's just a fun fight that I'd like to see as well, added to the, or the Cormier fight too for number two, that that was number two one and um dum 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 clap your fucking hands for number one ladies and gentlemen the number one fight who is it gonna be it's a title fight I'll give you that it's at 155 pounds is it Conor McGregor versus Khabib Nurmagomedov number two is it Khabib versus Dustin Poirier is it gonna be Conor versus Nate three no, it's not. I can't say that one. I already said that for the honorable mention. No, it's going to be Tony Ferguson versus Khabib Nurmagomedov for the title because that's a fight we've been waiting for for damn way too fucking long. For way too damn long. And that's something I can't live without seeing because look at how damn good Tony is. Look how damn good Khabib is. Look at the back and forth. Look at the all the bad luck that they've had. I think... They try to schedule that fight four times and it's fallen through four times. One, one was Khabib on media day during the leading, leading up to the week of the fight. Tony trips over a wire, busts his knee out during doing UFC media before the fight. And it, it, it it's just been a whirlwind. You know, I almost at the point where I'm giving up. It, I mean, I feel that this fight will happen. I'm confident. I'm hopeful because it's UFC on ESPN era is here. Obviously, it has nothing to do with how the fighters perform in the training and how they stay out of being injured. But it's just a time. 2019 is a time for good fights, huge fights, like, like Henry Cejudo versus... TJ Dillashaw, I mean, like the Amanda Nunes versus Chris Cyborg fight, you know, huge fights like that, we're in deserving of it, because it's 2019, and this is a new era, the Fox deal was seven years, man, this one's five, got a lot of stuff coming up, so why the fuck not, wouldn't this fight not happen, it's two of the best 155 pounders in the world, and you know, Tony's huge streak, his last fight against Pettis, Khabib's domination over Connor. um, you know, he beat Edson Barbosa, Ally Quinta. You know, Khabib's been active ever since then. He's turned into an ultimate superstar. So, Tony, just just the same. He's awkward. He's crazy. He's unorthodox. He has good takedowns. He has good grapplings. He has nasty elbows off his back. He has everything. He has great, great knockout power as well. He has an undeniable chin. And he has... um. Unlimited cardio. I never seen him really get tired. You know, he gets cut. He gets hit hard. He keeps coming forward. He's awkward. He has a will of a lion. And Tony Ferguson's a freak of nature. So fuck, fuck yeah. That's been number one for so long. I can't tell you back when those fights were ex- originally announced. All the times are announced as excited as I was to talk about how good they both were and to break it all down. So when that fight comes to fruition, I will be here and I will break those fights down. Because that is a fight that I want to see. And I'm pretty sure all you guys want to see it too. So, there we go. That is my top five list of fights to see in 2019. There could be more. I could have honestly went on more and added more to the list. But uh, we got a few more minutes left here on this episode. Um, Let me just recap New Year's. 
pretty interesting. I mean, it's New Year's. Yeah, New Year's resolutions and stuff. So, you know, New Year's resolutions for me just, you know, just continue being the better person that you are and just have new goals, have things you really want to strive for. Because you can't look back and say, oh, last year was so bad. It sounds like you're living in the past. So now you have the opportunity to create a new year for yourself, new opportunities, things you can do, things you can say, new traits, new qualities, add new things. You know, for me, is to focus more on myself more than anyone else. Um, no, no, don't put too much effort into someone or something that, you know, isn't worth it. If it's not worth the time like that, I feel it's not necessary. You should, you should put all your focus into things and the people that care about you, things and people that matter, things and people that are going to do stuff for you. And it's benefiting you for your own personal life, financially, physically, emotionally. It doesn't matter. Any way that you can, you should have any everyone around you that supports and people who care about you. It's the most important thing, personal growth in life and things you can do. So that's my parting thought for that. What a great show today. Definitely talked about a lot. 52 minutes in nearly an hour. Episode 169 of the G Meeker MMA show on a Sunday. 11 o'clock in the morning here, Pacific time. Um, here on a Sunday. So drop it, to, drop it after I'm finished. Put it out. Be there on a Monday for everybody who's having a hard day or needs motivation to get up in the world. In the world, just listen to the Jimmy Kimmel Show, and I promise you that your day will be better. A lot of stuff, a lot of interesting shit to talk about today. So it was real fun. Um, damn sure it's not anywhere near generic as anything else, anyone else's podcast or anything like that. It's a completely different kind of vibe and stuff, and it's going to continue to feel like that. Definitely going to put out more shows, more events, the more shows, as as more stacked fights as, these, as the UFC makes, that's going to be more things to talk about. So it's going to be a huge year, huge year personally, and just a huge year in the mixed martial arts world. It's going to be huge, so I can't wait for that. So that should be it. Um... That is it for us today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for joining us here on this episode of the G Meeker May Show, the first episode of 2019. Excited to be here. Um, new year, like I said, new year for good shows. So I'm planning on being best shows ever for each and every one of you guys. Today's show was spot on, perfect, and spot on accurate. I loved it. It was fucking awesome. Final parting thoughts for today, as you know where to find me, at gmeeker underscore MMA. Let's get the numbers up. Let's get the follows up on there on Instagram. One more time, at gmeeker underscore MMA, gmeeker underscore MMA on Twitter. No, gmeeker underscore MMA on Snapchat, twitter.com slash gmeeker MMA. Facebook.com slash GabyBaby123. Follow the G Meeker MMA show on Instagram as well. Thank you, guys. Um, One last thing. Yeah, like I said, we're available on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts. If you have an iPhone, Apple Podcasts, Android. Android's more easier, I feel like. You know, you can listen on anchor.fm slash MMA show. You can find us on, like I said, Spotify, Podbean, podbay.fm, and iHeartRadio. So it's real easy. So shouldn't be hard. Shouldn't be difficult. You find the show in the blink of an eye. It's in my bio. It's in all the highlights on the Instagram section now. And I put I put it out, I put it out on every platform I can. And that's how we're able to get it out. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to Anchor Radio. 
for hosting it. Thank you to everybody who tunes in. Thanks to everyone who supports. And we're ready to have a brand new year. So happy fucking New Year's, ladies and gentlemen. We will be back next week. G Meeker MMA out, baby.